Swinet. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. How to help ordinary people do extraordinary things on these farms. Meaningful work is one of the best therapeutic solutions for, for, uh, for folks. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative sponsors like Elanco's Prevacent, a new PERS Spective. Visit prevacentprrs.us to learn more. NutriQuest, expert serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Just all, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Welcome to Swine Eat Podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. This episode's sponsor highlight is about every pig. The truth is precision swine production is not the future, it is the present. Every pig is the intelligent pig health platform. It is a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Request a free 20-minute demonstration at www.everypig.co slash swineit. Hello everyone. Today we have Jonathan Hook uh, talking about human capital in pig farms and then going over issues and solutions. How are you today, Jonathan? I'm doing well, Marcio. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to visit with you today. It's my pleasure, and uh, let's get right into this uh, very interesting topic and a uh, very challenging, challenging topic as well. But I guess before that, Jonathan, if you can just share with me and with the audience uh, about yourself, how did you get involved with pigs, and, and uh, walk us through your career so far. Sure, sure. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I um, grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. I was a city kid, and uh, <laughs> sidewalks, uh, neighbors were two feet, three feet, four feet from uh, wall to wall, and uh, mm -hmm. fell in love with uh, farming uh, through my grandfather. I would go visit him in the summers, and and my mom and dad allowed me to uh, spend a couple summers um, during my high school Uh, years at a pig farm in northwest Iowa and uh, many people fall in love with pigs in Iowa and that's that's <laughs> what I did and uh, I came back uh, to Chicagoland area I got an ag production degree in uh, 86 and then ended up in DeMott Indiana where I met um, the Belstra family and mm -hmm. uh, Bud Belstra had uh, took me under his wing and um, I always say everybody has a champion that uh, believes in them, and uh, uh, much of how I feel about people management and and uh, business uh, comes from uh, Bud and his uh, his approach. And so um, I'm so grateful for uh, for the opportunity to to know him and to uh, uh, have him. Uh, he always believed in people, and and uh, that was a that was a great start for me. Very nice, and you you spent quite quite some time there, right? Yeah, I was with uh, in both in ownership of 
uh, pig production for about 10 years, and then I, I spent 20 years uh, in the Belster system and uh, and had uh, uh, left there in 2017 as vice president of pig production. Uh, tremendous uh, organization, great uh, uh, production, and uh, learned a lot. And it was uh, some of this passion for people and for biomedical pigs that I uh, um, ended up uh, making the change in uh, 2017. So, Okay. And then more recently, you opened your uh, own company, as I understand? Yeah, we uh, started uh, a company called Summit uh, Precision Production uh, to address uh, some of the uh, really... Uh, the, the precision technology that's coming uh, to the marketplace and uh, did a couple focus groups and uh, some of the, the two biggest uh, problems that producers uh, relate to us were human capital and decision-ready information. Uh, we've got a lot of technology that is bringing data and uh, often we get kind of locked up on how do we look at that data? How do we analyze the data? And so uh, we set out to um, look at those two aspects and uh, and see what comes along the way. So, but our, our our thought was that people are the gateway to innovation and the gateway to innovation uh, uptake and and so that we thought that was a good place to start. Very nice. Well. So right into that topic of um, human capital and uh, its availability and retention has been a big issue, right, for our industry for the last several years. And uh, I would assume in other areas of agriculture as well. Um, yes. What are, what are your general thoughts on the issue, John? Yeah, you know, as we, as we took a look at that, Marcio, the, the interesting thing is – uh, we, we kind of studied the evolution of people in, in, in particularly swine production, but agriculture in general. It seems like in the swine business, uh, every 10 to 15 years, you had some significant shifts in production style and production types and uh, production strategies. And, you know, if you go back to the 50s and 60s, a lot of pigs outside and then, the late 60s uh, started putting pigs inside on slats. Then in the uh, 70s and 80s, confinement buildings got more uh, readily available and are readily used. Then the 90s with the large scale uh, that hit agriculture through the 90s and the 2000s. And there's a shift in what we found is a shift in what type of worker the industry needs about every 10 to 15 years hmm. and small farms became large scale, highly, uh, geographical areas, um, throughout, uh, this evolution. And so we think about what's next, you know, what's next, what, what is the worker of tomorrow look like? And, um, and so, uh, that is going to be a, a very different worker than than what happened in the '60s, and so how do we how do we adjust uh, to that, and how do we also create an irresistible place to work within these systems? And 
you know, food production is one of the most noble tasks. And I'm often told by people that work in agriculture that farmers are some of the nicest people ever. <laughs> and yet we have some of the highest retention and turnover rates. And so um, how do we deal with that is, is, uh, is, a, uh, is, is a, a big thing on our mind. And, um, and it, it, it crosses uh, cult- cultural uh, and uh, socioeconomic uh, uh, situations with people and, and uh, depending on what part of the country you're in. And so uh, how, do we, how do we drive and reduce turnover and retention uh, in many ways that people outside agriculture uh, are approaching it? And that, that's kind of our, our, our thought uh, uh, to focus on. Very good. Yeah, that that makes total sense. And in your experience, in your uh, research, what do you see as possible solutions there? Yeah, I think you know as we as we looked at studying both outside of agriculture and within agriculture, we we've kind of had a core value to look at thirty percent of our intellectual. Uh, uh, infusion into our company outside of agriculture because people are people and many companies have issues with people and 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 there are a lot of solutions that that are, are working in heavy industry or in retail that that have have an application uh, for agriculture and so um, in our research job satisfaction task performance manager, um, uh, positive manager feedback were all uh, contributors to in our regression studies to increasing pigs wean per mated female on these uh, on these systems that we did uh, did our research in and so many of those areas are tied to culture uh, what type of culture is in in the barn and what type of culture does the leadership uh, foster and I always use the analogy, uh, Patrick Lencioni has a book, The Three Signs of a Miserable Job, hmm. and it's immeasurement, irrelevance, and, uh, and mission. And so uh, there, are, uh, there are things I think we can do to build culture. And, um, and what, what we think is, is important is how do we, how do we measure that objectively and empirically and then develop systems to drive that change much like we do with production issues much like we do in in other areas of our business you know how do we how do we take this human asset and mm-hmm. and build tools that really support the development of a, a culture uh, a positive culture a uh, in, within these farms, you know, Peter Drucker had a quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And mm-hmm. so you, you've got to address the culture before you can uh, really drive the strategy. And so that's, that's, and, and we believe possible solutions, uh, Marcio are, uh, using what's been used in the industry for many, many years. And that's, uh, general mental ability testing, uh, the application of assessments, um, via industrial psychology 
those are some tools that haven't been all that prevalent in agriculture. And I think agriculture has reached a size and a scale now uh, where some of these tools may be effective as we understand team dynamics. Um, there was a study in 1998 by Smith and Hunter that uh, put some uh, empirical data together that showed that the predictability and utility of using assessments actually is as effective as a personal interview. And so there was some really fascinating um, research outside of agriculture that we think will apply. And so we're, we're building tools and assembling tools to bring that to uh, protein production. Interesting. Um, Joe, is there um optimal number of uh, or range of uh, sales per employee? Well, it's interesting. Uh, swine management systems, uh, Valerie Duttlinger presented uh, some of that data at um, at the Layman Conference, and uh, they had, I believe it was 60 farms with uh, the sow per person ratio, and there was no correlation to performance. And which we thought was really fascinating. And, and so there's all kinds of, of um, context that you got to bring into that. It depends on if facilities are spread out, if they're all under one roof. And, uh, but uh, the, the, the range was from 388 sows per person to a hundred sows per person. And in the regressions, there was, there was no correlation to the uh, sow to person ratio. And so, you know, we believe that culture and company culture drives so much of that performance. And um, some of the traditional things uh, like experience and age and um, have have very little correlation on performance. And so um, those are fascinating uh, uh, statistics that have have got us uh, think have have started us to think different about how we approach human capital. Very interesting. Um, so as we think about that, how do you think technology can help? Um, yeah, that's a great question because I, um, we are exploring um, coalescing or bringing together in uh, using technology to create uh, workflow. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I think that many, many and many swine units and people go to work in the morning and they have no idea when they're going to go home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if somebody doesn't show up or if a feed line breaks or a water line breaks and um, if something, you know, catastrophic happens and, uh, you know, but a catastrophic thing usually doesn't happen. It's usually one of these small little uh, tweaks where um, where there's a shift in workflow and you go into emergency mode. And so what we really think needs to happen is uh, an effort in engineering workflow and creating tools, digital tools that allow visibility across the entire farm as to, what jobs uh, 
are accomplished and how quickly they're accomplished and, you know, sort of creating a scoreboard, Marcio, where mm -hmm. people can say, I, I would love someday where people can go home and say, look, I, I, I accomplished, I hit 90% of my goal. I hit 110% of my goal and they can, they can have immediate feedback on, um, how they're doing. And, uh, there's an old, there's a saying, if, uh, if you're not keeping score, it's just practice. And so how do we, how do we use technology to bring that feedback to employees? Because everybody likes to know where they're at. And, right. and, uh, and so that's one way I think, uh, there is, there is, uh, uh technology that can help. I think also just, uh, driving efficiency, you know, many of these farms are getting, to be 10 to 15 acres under one roof, the visibility of where people are at, what uh, what the uh, what work they're uh, doing at at, at uh, in real time, and being able to just uh, communicate across that 15 acre farm um, are all possible ways where uh, technology could come in, uh, data entry. Uh, uh, even even getting into some uh, AI and machine learning on on, uh, on workflow schedules and and uh, uh, prioritization of tasks, um, those are some uh, uh, possible possibilities that will come with uh, with uh, uh, technology. Interesting, yeah, and huh. and one thing with these big farms is the time that it takes to go from one place to the other, right? Yep. And uh, I was just, just thinking here out loud if there's any system that I have tried to implement any sort of uh, way to, to move faster. It's, it's something that I was just thinking out loud. Yeah. Well, you know, we always use the analogy where um, if a guy forgets a tool or he needs to go back mm -hmm. to the office and, you know, some of these farms are half mile from corner to corner, maybe more. And, right. you know, oftentimes you bump into Joe in the Farrowing house and, hey, how's it going? And, you know, by the time he, <laughs> by the time he stops and talks to everybody, you got, uh, you've got uh, uh, time, a lot of time burned up. And I was, uh, we were exploring, uh, uh, we were in, a, I was in an egg farm uh, a while back. And uh, one of the metrics that egg farms uh, use is the dozens per man hour. And I mentioned, I mentioned to them, how do you, how do you, how do you have meetings or how do you have, uh, you know, employee meetings and whatnot? And so, well, we keep them to 15 minutes because, you know, when you have or 10 minutes or we don't have them very often because it impacts eggs per man hour. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that was interesting. And and so I think in in swine production, um, we there's some opportunity there to really take a look at the breakdown of labor percentages or, or hours in the various departments. And I don't know that we know what's good and what's bad at this point. And, mm -hmm. and, and uh, we've got a pilot project now where we're breaking down man hours by uh, department and, and looking at, um, you know, possibly in the future where you could go into a farm and understand what the benchmark should be and then how to design 
training tools and time management tools to um, reach those benchmarks. And so uh, sort of a human performance monitor. Uh, we spend a lot of time looking at production performance monitors. And I think we have a vision for a human performance monitor as it impacts and how it impacts uh, production. Very nice. Um, is there a, a, an indicator as of today that you think uh, is the closest to, to, to be helpful in this regard? You know, we in, in my past, we, we measured uh, minutes per pig um, as a benchmark at times. I think uh, certainly the dollars per pig is a, is a big indicator. Um, I, we, we believe that there is some, definitely some innovation that has to come to uh, people, space, and um, logistics within these larger units. Um, the other, the other big thing uh, we believe is is just the uh, the architecture of workflow. Uh, how can we go in and develop benchmarks or uh, parameters for workflow? You know, all pig farms have pretty basic, basically the same uh, the same types of jobs uh, that that happen and. Can we blueprint that out in a way that that we can measure it and understand how to, to how to drive uh, uh, time out and or reallocate time for uh, more impactful work? And you know the whole premise of precision agriculture is to deploy resources to the problem, not to the to the uh, areas of the farm that are doing fine. And so that's, a, you know, that's another place, Marcio, where technology can come in. If we can have uh, a monitoring of, uh, of pig health, pig stress, whatever you want to call it, where um, we deploy the people to the problem and not necessarily to every pig on the farm um, every day or every uh, every hour, or whatever, and uh, I think there can be some some real uh, some real gains to uh, helping solve some of this this labor issue, and it would help us be more competitive with our wages too. And I think that's a big thing as we start to hire more educated folks, uh, maybe some folks with a little more uh, uh, sophisticated. Uh, uh, strategic minds, uh, um, you know, some of our wages are going to have to to meet the uh, meet the demand, and so um, right. so so if there's ways to increase efficiency to to increase uh, opportunity, that's uh, I think that'll be a big thing for our industry. Very interesting. I was actually uh, thinking uh, today with cell phones, and of course, you start getting to the to the biosecurity issues of having cell phones in a farm versus not having. And, you know, I think uh, uh, a few years ago, not, uh, there was no cell phones in farms. Now I, I see a little more because people don't, you know, cannot get uh, away from their phones. Uh, but I yeah. start thinking about uh, just the location tracking and 
and I wonder if I don't know if your technology or any other would uh, track the labor inside the farm so you could uh, try to optimize that. Yes, yeah, and that's that's part of what uh, we are uh, we are working on a on a product to um, to lay to completely lay out workflow uh, through it's an it'll be an app based uh, product and it'll allow managers to um, assign tasks and um, and and monitor uh, the quality of the task as well as the uh, the time it takes and we want to get to a timestamp situation at some point in time um, I've, I've talked with systems and they do time studies where they they may vaccinate one room it takes 45 minutes they vaccinate the next room it takes an hour and a half same pigs same amount of vaccine and you know you think about that on 120 million pigs across the United States and there's millions of dollars, you know, there uh, by not understanding uh, how to consistently predict that workflow. And so so those are ways that um, uh, and there are some technologies coming out uh, with some companies to, for tracking and and uh, and we're exploring how we incorporate that into the into the program. And um, and so those are all pieces that uh, will help bring some some efficiency and in, in labor efficiency to the to our systems very good anything else on the topic uh john before we move to the three questions we ask every guest well i would you know i would just say that uh i think all people want to do a good job they want to be a part of something successful and um and we're excited to um dig into the uh from from an industrial psychology standpoint on how to how to how to how to help ordinary people do extraordinary things on these farms and uh i guess those of us that have a passion for pigs understand that to a degree and i think there's a lot of people you know work meaningful work is one of the best therapeutic um uh solutions for for uh for folks and it it just uh our industry so desperately needs good people and and i think uh, we want to we want to try to understand how to how to how to fix this problem uh, we talk about it at all the uh, meetings we uh we talk about some of the potential solutions but it just seems to to be such a drain on our on our companies and uh, uh, we just look forward to, to partnering with the industry and trying to figure this out. Very nice. That's, that's so true. And uh, uh, I'm glad there's someone focusing on that area because uh, the industry definitely needs help. Celebrating its 25th anniversary, Gestal manufactures the original wireless standalone swine feeding system designed by pork producers for pork producers. They are simple, reliable, and provide peace of mind 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Gestal is not just manufactured by an equipment company, but by a family pork production business with a slat-level understanding. Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding.
It is time to our famous three. So let's jump into our three questions we ask every guest, every episode. And the first one is, what's your favorite swine-related book? That's a tough one, uh, Marcio. Um, but I, uh, early on in my uh, career, I had, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to, to list two books, but uh, um, you are. You are. <laughs> uh, David Hollier gave me a book uh, uh, called Aspects, I believe, of Swine Ecology. And, uh, hmm. and uh, coming from uh, south suburbs of Chicago, I, I, I dove into a lot of, and there's not a lot of books on swine production, but um, I appreciated that book. That was a, it was a great book on pig production. Um, and a good friend of mine is Keith Thornton and Keith wrote a book on outdoor pig production. And I was always, I'm old enough to have pigs outdoors. And I always, uh, I, I don't know whether I just love the pictures, but I, uh, I loved, uh, Keith's approach to production and, and the whole, uh, the whole outdoor, uh, concept, but not necessarily for the outdoor, but for the pigmanship part. And those two men were tremendous pigment. And, mm -hmm. um, that's one of the things that I think needs to be emphasized in our training programs and in our, our, uh, our approach to people is, How do we train for pigmanship? And those guys were the consummate pigmanship uh, uh, guys, and that's what I appreciated about those books. Interesting, yeah. I was, I was not aware of those books. Uh, I'll have to uh, check it out. <clears throat> um, so what is your favorite book unrelated to pigs? Well, unrelated to pigs, uh, and I'm going to say it this way, aside from the Bible, um, Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Pierman has a book called, uh, what's best next. And, uh, Matt, um, wrote that book on time. It's a book on time management and, and purpose. And, mm -hmm. and, and what really struck me about that, uh, when I read it, because, uh, it talked about, uh, It's like setting up a company, right? You have you have your uh, core values, you have your mission statement, and then you live out of that. and uh, And Matt uh, line, outlined that as the foundation for how you manage your time. And so you have to understand what your mission is. You have to understand what your core values are, and and we all we all have them. I just don't know that sometimes we least myself, you know, you sit down and think about, well, what do I want to stand for? What do, who do I want to be? And how do I want to treat people? And how do I want to love people? And, and, uh, what is my personal brand? And then you, you design your time management systems around that. And so, um, that was a really, that was a great book, but I love, uh, anything from Patrick Lencioni and, uh, also, uh, I read a lot of, uh, Harvard business review, Uh, both best reads and and uh, and some of their uh, Clayton Christensen books and things like that. I love looking outside of agriculture mm -hmm. and trying to find ways to apply successful business practices within agriculture. Very interesting. Yeah, I love I love that area too of time management and personal productivity and 
and uh, definitely have to check that one out as well. Yep, that's a great book. Very good. Um, so, John, in your opinion, what separates successful swim professionals from those that are not? Um, yeah, a couple things as I thought about that. Uh, I, I, I believe you have to have a, a broader passion for what the pig brings in the service of humans. And um, we're dabbling a little bit in the biomedical world here where we're raising some. I've got a farm that I helped start here this last year that is raising pigs for solely for human research. And, um, and eventually some of these pigs will probably end up in xenotransplant situations where they're growing human organs for uh, transplants. And I... It struck me again, and as and when I was at uh, Belstrom Milling, we had been been very involved in the pig adventure and telling the story of agriculture and things like that. And then it struck me, even beyond food, beyond all the many wonderful things that pigs provide, they provide. Eventually, we think they're going to provide organs for human beings, mm -hmm. and so the pig is mm -hmm. like the gift that keeps on giving. So the love of that pig is is one. And I think the uh, the ability to create cultures of innovation and um, high job satisfaction scores uh, uh, to create companies that where people love to go to work um, is going to be a real key thing uh, for the future, and um, particularly with the digital revolution that's coming. I think agriculture, or at least protein production. And swine production is is at the tip of the iceberg, I think, on a digital revolution. And um, preparing for that is going to be um, is going to be necessary to be successful. And um, so those those are some of the things. Uh, um, aside from the obvious, that I would say would uh, separate successful swine professionals. You got to have a love for the pig. You got to have a. I th we think you got to have a love for the people, and uh, you got to build cultures of innovation and uh, of uh, irresistible places to work, um, and that and then you'll be sought out as an as a as right. an employer. So very cool. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> very interesting, very challenging, right, to create that environment. But I think. That's absolutely what we need to do, and I wonder even if uh, if we can learn with some of those companies in Silicon Valley and others. Uh, yep. If uh, you know, I'm sure they have a big challenge as well, attracting the best talents as well. There. Sure. Yeah, and it, I always I always use the analogy that we are in biological manufacturing, and so how how do we uh, how do we look to know some of the industrial manufacturing peter deming and those guys are uh, uh deming and uh and, and drucker uh spoke a lot about that but it 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 uh it is uh it is a challenge uh but our facilities have become uh much different than what they have in the past and uh and uh it's up to us now to make it happen very good. Well, uh, thanks a lot, John. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll be in touch. 
You bet. Thank you, Marcio. Appreciate the opportunity. Hey, guys and girls. I cannot believe it. We crossed 9,000 plays in our podcast, so thank you so much for being part of our community, as well as thanks for all the great guests that we have had. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I do. To be part of our email list and get some exclusive materials, go to our website, www.swineit.com. That's swineit.com. And subscribe to our email list. Also, we love feedback. So if you use the Apple Podcasts app, please leave us a review. It is much appreciated. We'll talk soon.